0: Welcome to the Gathering at Adel's Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless. Sometimes we get that word praise confused. We think that praise has to involve music and instruments and sounds and words. And and really, the, the Hebrew word, they don't use it a whole lot of times in the Old Testament, but one of the Hebrew words for praise means to be still that sometimes we, we think that we have to do all of these things in order to praise him but really all he's calling us to is to be still in my car I, dr- I drive a lot every day and in my car sometimes sometimes I watch a movie and I know that's wrong so forgive me but sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy radio. I don't enjoy talk radio. I don't enjoy the things. So sometimes I just have to praise him. And, and a lot of times when I praise, you know, when you pray for so long, you just like lose the words. And so your praise just becomes, it's just become a practice where, where I, I practice breathing in and breathing out. And when I breathe in, I say, in my head, and I'm just, I'm just like, as I'm breathing, it's hard to breathe in and say it out loud to you all. So I'm, I, imagine me breathing in, but I'll breathe in, I'll say, Jesus, I love you. And then when I breathe out, I'll go, you're such a good provider. I'll breathe in, I'll go, Jesus, I love you. And I'll breathe out I'll say, you care for me so well. Praise is practicing being still before him. And then I'll get to the end of that, and I'll just sit there in his presence. Because it says that we enter his courts with praise, his gates with thanksgiving, courts with thanksgiving, courts with praise. Like we enter into that, and then we, come, when we come into that, there's such, there's such a sweetness when we come and we... we Renew our minds to the fact that we say, Jesus, I love you. And here's how I see that love that you have for me. And so I declare it again and again. And so can I encourage you? Don't watch Hulu while you drive, like some people do. Learn the practice and the art of being still before him. It's awkward to have the radio off. And you just hear the sound of the tires and the grasshoppers hitting your windshield, you know? (laughs) Like, you're like, dang, that was a big one, right? And you tell who doesn't drive on country roads, they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But learn to just be still before him. We're in Psalm 63. Psalm 63 is phenomenal. It can also be a gut punch because it shows the reality of where David is and was and where maybe my heart is not always. So it should be up there. Is it up there on there? Talisha, do we have Psalm 63? All right, Psalm 63. I'm going to read it if you want to follow along. I'm in the CSB, Christian Standard Bible, so it may look the same or different as yours, but just follow along. It says, God, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you. And a dry are in a land that is dry desolate and without water so I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory my lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life so I will bless you as long as I live at your name I will lift up my hands you satisfy me as with rich food my mouth will praise you with joyful lips When I think of you as I lie on my bed, I meditate on you during the night watches because you are my helper. I will rejoice in the shadow of your wings. I follow close to you. Your right hand holds on to me. But those who intend to destroy my life will go into the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the power of the sword. They will become a meal for the jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by him will boast, for the mouths of the liars will be shut. Father, we just thank you for your word. Every word of it is true, every word of it is pure, it's perfect, and it's holy. Father, may you just bless us as we study this word today. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, I've really try to do a, a good job of this. Of I know I'm up here and it can seem like I've got it all figured out, although you're probably like, no, it really doesn't seem that way at all. <laughs> like I don't know what you're talking about. But most days, I do not feel worthy to stand right here before you. Like, God, who am I? Just a man that's just... Trying to figure it out. And so when you read the words of David, who the word says it was a man after God's own heart, he says, God, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you. I'm like, man, Lord, I want that to be true of me. But some days it's not. Some days turn into some days in a row. And some days in a row turns into a week. And it's like, Lord, have have I really thirsted for you? Has my body really fainted for you if I didn't have you? Or am I actually just satisfied with the things of the world? Like, Like if I don't have him today, will my body actually faint without his presence? That's convicting. And a dry land that's weary and desolate without water. Do I really say I thirst for you? Or do I feel that thirst with other things? Do I even allow my body to thirst for him? Because I'm so anxious to fill it before I even get thirsty. This psalm to me, it's, it's actually one of the uh, the, the early fathers, the early church fathers, they, they, they decreed that every morning this psalm shall be read. They said not a day shall pass that this psalm is not read. That's how important and vital they thought, man, this, this is it. This is the essential psalm. Like of all the other psalms, this is the one. Like Because if we don't get this right, then nothing else will fall into place. And so they said, let, not, not, do not let a day go by that this psalm is not read in your house. To me, when I read this, I, I pull out of this, and here, here's kind of the overall theme and, and point. It says that our deepest longings can only be satisfied through an intimate relationship with Jesus. Our deepest longings can only be satisfied through an intimate relationship with Jesus. Is that true? Man, uh, you, you want to talk about you don't feel worthy to get up here and talk, and then you, you start talking, you're like looking out, and it's like, man, I feel even more unworthy. You know, like, do, do we really get it? Like, like David cries out, God, you are my God. There are so many things that are trying to compete to be our God. I mean, there are so many things that are saying, bow down and worship me. Money, power, influence, our kids. Like, all of that is saying, bow down and worship me. And and David is going, God, you are my God. Like, it starts off in the very beginning that, that says, there's no one but you. You are the one true God. And I have to sit here and go, man, Lord, how many times do I bow down to myself, to my flesh? I am the God that I want to serve. My flesh is who I try to satisfy. But we have to get to the very point where we say, God. You are my God. In a dry, desolate, weary land, there is no one else that I'm going to turn to except you. Because my deepest longings can only be satisfied through an intimate relationship with Jesus. It will not happen through your kids. I don't care how successful your kids are. I've got some pretty decent ones here with me today. You know the other ones are out being successful. right? It doesn't matter how successful they are. No matter what they accomplish in this life, that will not satisfy my deepest longings. It might satisfy my flesh to post on Facebook that my son is good at this. I'm talking about Max, you know, that, that, that Max is good at this, that Noah has accomplished this, that Ben has done this, that Hattie has done this, that little Penelope is the cutest thing you've ever seen, and she's fast. She's over there. Hey, Penny. Hey, baby girl. Yeah, the cutest thing right? It doesn't matter what she does. That will not satisfy the deepest longings of my soul. It doesn't matter how much money that I acquire. It will not satisfy the deepest longings of my soul. And not only that, it will only make it deeper and harder to achieve. It doesn't matter how much power and influence that I have. We have people fighting to be influencers They're actually literally dying to be influencers. Because, not because they actually want to be something, but because there's a longing in their soul that they're trying to satisfy in something else where they're saying, where they're not saying, God, you are my God. How many times have we said, God, you are not my God? We don't say it because, man, that's just not right. But we say it in how we spend our time, our talents, and our treasures. How we spend our time determines who our God is. How we spend our time, our talents, and our treasures reveal who our hearts belong to. We don't have a problem calling Jesus our Savior. We rejoice in that fact. It's The Lord and Master part that we struggle with. Where we submit to him and we surrender everything and we say, God, you are my God. David comes down later on and he says, I raise my hands and I praise you. What he's saying is, I surrender to you. I I hold nothing. I'm not hiding anything from you. I hold nothing back from you and I surrender. It all to you. We have to get to that point, not to where we just say it with our lips, where we say, God, you are my God, but with our time, our talent, our treasures, our energy, our priorities, our devotions, everything that we do says, God, you are my God. I, I, I have this other job where I work, and it's a, we're doing a project up in Rome, and so I, I drive every day, and, and I've just had to begin to go, Father, let this be more about you. Than it is about me. And can I tell you when I start doing that. I, there's a harder way to get to the job site. So I just kind of go on the access road. And then it turns into dirt. And I just drive on dirt for like. It's only like a quarter of a mile. Clinton don't be mad at me okay. He's text out over there. Right. It's just. So I just drive on the dirt. And when I say father let this job be more about me. Or more about you than it is about me. In this little quarter-mile stretch, you'll be surprised at how many people I have seen break down right there. And you know what? It gives me an opportunity to do. Happened yesterday again. Picked up a guy, ran out of gas. I said, "Hey, there's a loves about half a mile up the road. Let's go." And so I get to I get to. It's a captive audience. Like, hey, they need gas. I'm their only option at this point. It's 147 degrees. It's better in my car. When I begin to decide, and I say to myself, God, you are my God. This job means nothing to me. But let this be an opportunity to reach out to the lost, the hurt, and the broken. And then I get this guy. His name was Raul. He's traveling from California. I know. I should have just taken him back. I didn't. Right? You're out of gas. Get out of here, California. Right? But I didn't. But I, I get him in my car. And I was like, hey, where are you coming from? He goes, oh, California. He said, traveling here for a birthday party on vacation, going to go see my niece. I said, oh, man, you know, I, I was on a journey one time, too. I was wandering, and I was lost, man. I didn't know where to go. He's like, oh, where were you? I said, I was right here, man. I said, I was lost, but I was found by Jesus. And he satisfied everything that I was looking for. I was no longer lost, but I was found in him. I was loved like never before. And Ryol's just sitting there like, bro, really? (laughs) We go and get gas on the way back. I said, hey, can I pray for you, man? Can I pray that you would be found by him, that you would know the love that I know? He's like, yeah. When we say, God, you are my God, we say, I surrender. Do I enjoy that? Sort of, but not, but not really. Sometimes, sometimes it's not as fun because then they just sit there and they're like, "Oh man, okay." You know. But when I say, "God, you are my God," I'm saying there's no one else but you. I surrender it all to you. It's this this talking of an intimate relationship. God, you are my God. And the, the Hebrew it says Elohim. You are my L, E L, like. There are hundreds and thousands of other gods, but Elohim, you are my God. There's no one else. And David is saying this, and why he says it, and he says, I eagerly seek you. I eagerly seek you. Man, wouldn't, wouldn't that be our prayer today? That it would be said about Jeff Hopkins, man, that dude was weird and he watched Hulu while he's driving, that was wrong. But man, he was, he sought after the Lord. Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be the best thing someone could ever say about you? Oh, man, he, he he sought after the Lord. He was a man after God's own heart. He was a woman after God's own heart. Earnestly, I seek you. That, that word, it, it, it's two words. It, it means two things. One, eagerly. The other is early. It's not as fun to say that one, is it? Early, I seek you. First thing in the morning, I seek you. Before everyone else is up, I seek you. Before, before I get that cup of coffee, I seek you. I know, don't throw anything at me right now, right? Before anything else, I seek you. It's funny, you know, if you're in a bad mood, What's one thing that people will say to you, like, while like, wow, you're in a bad mood? This could go a lot, a lot of different ways. So I apologize. But you, you what? You woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Right? Like, why? Because the first thing that you do has the ability to impact the rest of the day. Breakfast is the most important meal. It's, it's only because it's the first thing and probably because there's bacon involved most of the time. Or if it's a good Breakfast. But, but it's the most important meal because it sets the tone for the rest of the day. How you slept, how, how you get up in the morning affects how the rest of the day goes. And he Dave, David is saying, God, you are my God, and I earnestly seek you. I seek you before anyone else. I seek you before anything else. You are it. When I wake up in the morning, you are the first thing that I think about. And he goes back later on in, uh, in this Psalm 63, and he says, As I lay in my bed, I meditate on you. So David is saying, you are my God, and and the first thing in the morning, I seek you. And the last thing that I do at night is I seek you. And all throughout the day, I seek you. Because in the day, he says, I gaze on you in your sanctuary. The first thing that you do determines the pursuit of your life. Getting up early is not fun. Nobody's disagreeing with that. But there's something to it that when you get up early, when you you get up, if you're a mom, I know know it's hard. I, I, I know because my wife, it's hard, but to get up before everyone else gets up earnestly, I seek you. What we do the first thing determines how the rest of the day goes. It's so hard to try to correct something midday if you've been doing it all day and it's like, man, I gotta stop. Start right. Earnestly seek him. And then he goes into into this, it's the second part of verse one. I thirst for you. God, you are my God. I earnestly seek you. I thirst for you. It's this picture of that. Uh, that thirst causes a reaction in our body to go and seek hydration. Right, That's a natural thing that happens. That, that thirst causes us to seek hydration. I, uh, I'm not a big water drinker. Uh, When I say I'm not a big water drinker, I really haven't had water in a few days. Uh, I can go weeks without water. It's weird, and that's probably not right, but my wife's like, you're a freak. How do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I'll go go like three or four weeks without water, and then I'll get like a headache, and I'm like, huh, I probably need to take some Tylenol for that headache. I wonder what that is. And then I'm like, oh, no, wait. I need to drink a bottle. So I'll down a bottle of water and be like, oh you know, choke it down. I'm like, okay, there we go. I'm good. Another three weeks. Here we go. I was coming in from, from working outside and, uh, I walked inside and I was like, I told my wife, she was in the kitchen I was like, man, I'm really craving water right now. And she goes, you mean you're thirsty? I was like, oh, I guess so. But in my mind, like, I don't think I'd ever really thirsted for water, but I was like, man, I'm really craving some water right now. And she just looked at me like, That's called thirsty. Yes, you probably are. Go drink some water. Our souls were created to thirst after the Lord. Our deepest longings will only be satisfied through an intimate relationship with Jesus. David is saying, I thirst for you. My body faints for you in a dry, desolate, weary land. All of those things out there, I want you. This thirst, it, it's an intense longing. I think sometimes we, we take Christianity as this lighthearted, come as you are. Jesus loves me no matter what. I can read my Bible if I want. Uh, I don't have to be a radical Christian that reads it every day. But, but the word is saying that, that I thirst for you. There, there's an intense craving that only you can satisfy. Jesus in John chapter 4 he's talking to the woman at the well. And Jesus was kind of harsh sometimes. You know, he walks up to the well. He's like, "Hey woman, give me some water." She's like, "Do you even know who I am? You wouldn't even be talking to me if you knew who I was." He said, "Oh, I know." He said, "The water that you whoever drinks water from this well will thirst again. Whoever drinks from the water from the well that I have will never thirst again. Will never go thirsty." You know, and then he goes on, he goes, hey, go get your husband. She's like, I don't have. He's like, I know that too. This thirstiness, this intense longing. If my heart is not longing for him intensely, then there's something wrong with me. If, If my heart does not burn with passion for him, then I've... Settled it with something else or someone else. If I'm not thirsting after the Lord, that I thirst for you, my body faints for you in a land that is dry, desolate, without water. If that's not me, then that means that I have filled it with other things. Why do I not thirst for water in the natural? Why? why do? Because I fill it with Dr. Pepper. So that's why I'm, I'm very rarely thirsty, because I fill it with Dr. Pepper. Why do we not thirst for the Lord? because we fill it with crap all the time look at how we spend our time i mean man we we can binge watch a show in the matter of a couple of days but but if you ask somebody hey when's the last time you you binged the bible they'd be like bro chill out that's personal but hey what, what's the last show you watched they can tell you right there and, and watch, watch, watch. But but when's the last time that our souls actually thirsted? Maybe it's been a while because I'm guilty of this, of filling it with other things. I don't thirst after him because I'm satisfying my thirst. I'm quenching my thirst with the things of the world. I'm just really trying to go down through this verse by verse, if you haven't caught on to that. Sometimes the messages are different. and this one here, I just felt like walking through this one. We don't thirst for him because there's distractions. We get busy. We get so busy and we're doing a lot of things that we never actually stop to be still to see that that our souls are thirsty. And then we hit a brick wall and we're like, man, why is my life falling apart? you're like, oh. Sin and guilt... Why do we not? Why do we not thirst after the Lord? Why? Why does Jeff Hopkins not thirst after the Lord? Because I'll satisfy it with sin, and then after I satisfy it with sin, then I allow guilt to not make me thirst after the Lord because I don't want to go after Him because I feel guilty about the sin that I just committed. Why do I not not thirst after Him sometimes? Because I forget who I am. I forget that I'm loved, cared for, valued, his beloved. I get feeling sorry for myself. Y'all ever do that? Start feeling sorry for yourself and then like, oh, poor me. This happened. Nobody did this, 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 this. And and, uh, it happened just the other day and I was telling my wife about it and just about some problems. And, you know, sometimes spouses will comfort you. Sometimes they tell you what you need to hear. And I I went to her for agreement. And I did not get agreement. She said, quit feeling sorry for yourself. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, whatever, I'm not doing that. And it was like, she said, you're having a pity party. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. I was like, man, okay, that was harsh. And then like the... I didn't receive it. The next day, I was like, man, I was just feeling sorry for myself yesterday. (laughs) You know? I was like, that's exactly what that was. I didn't think it was. I was justifying myself, and I was feeling sorry for myself. And I was like, man, why? Because I forgot who I was. I lost the identity that I had, that I was beloved, that I was cared for. I think for us, one thing that we have here at Adele that we really want, we want to be a people that eagerly seek Him, that thirst for Him. Quiet over there. My wife is actually at the other campus today, so the kids are in charge of themselves, so it could be iffy over there on the front row. I think sometimes we can confuse what happens on Sunday morning. As the main thing. Like, oh man, service was really good. I really felt the Lord's presence. I raised my hands and it was great. And then Monday morning we wake up and there's no passion and there's no zeal. And then we show up on Sunday and we're like, man, the Lord is so good. We want to be a people, a community of Christ followers that are just as passionate for Him on Monday and then Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, and then you come all the way to Sunday. I know I skipped Saturday, Saturday. And you come to Sunday and you're like, man, I get to be with the Lord again with all the brothers and sisters that have been with them. Like we confuse this as the main thing. This is not it at all. This is just like the little booster shot for you to go back into the world and be like, man, I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. What good is it if we are passionate on Sunday but we're jerks to cashiers on Monday? What? where's the value in that anybody can do that we can pretend for our service an hour and a half hour and 40 we can we can put on a good mask a fake for that long what really matters is when you're out there in the dry desolate weary land do you thirst for him anybody can thirst for him here it's fun it's easy right we got worship team that does all the hard work for us. And we just have to sing just a little bit lower than them so no one else can hear us. The words are right there. I don't even like here we go. It's easy. Right? People love me here. Like this is great. But on Monday, when you get surrounded by people that might not love you as much as we do here, do you still thirst for him? In a dry and weary land, David longed to be in God's sanctuary. It says, so I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. When we're faced with difficult times, sometimes our answer and our solution is to escape. Right? And and that can be through, through whatever. That can be like... Running away from it. That can be like hiding yourself from it. That can be masking it with drugs, with alcohol, with other addictions. And you go, man, I just want to get away from this. This is a tough time. But David says, in a dry, weary, desolate land, a land without water, I gaze at your sanctuary. I want to be there so I can see your strength and your power and your glory. Where do we run to when things get tough? That determines where our trust is in. When things get tough, what we run to determines where our trust is or it reveals where our trust is. When things get tough in that dry and desolate land and we seek to satisfy those longings, where are we going to run to? Are we going to run into the arms of alcohol? Are we going to run into the arms of job and career and extra hours and overtime? Are we going to run into our kids' sports? Are we going to run into this or that? Are we going to run into his arms? Do, you, do When things get tough, do you be like, man, that's, Lord, I just want to be with you, to gaze at you in your sanctuary. And, and, and David's writing this, as Kelly talked about, I love it when she steals my stuff, right? In Psalm 42. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Psalm 42 and right here where it's talking about man, I, I just want to be with you but but where do we run to when things get tough do we run to be in his presence or do we run to get away from him do we try to handle it ourselves and so for me what I was seeing in this is that so I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory I, I think it's uh 2 Corinthians 12 maybe 10 12 10 it says for for when i am weak you are strong another version says that for when i am weak it is an opportunity for the lord's strength to be displayed can i encourage you if you're in one of those times a dry weary desolate land where you're maybe you're not thirsting after him it's okay because it's an opportunity for the Lord to display his strength in your life. And if the Lord can go, and then people go, man, the Lord Lord used Seth? Like, did you see that? Like, he didn't feel it, and then look at the Lord. Look at what he did, where Seth didn't do it on his own, and bam, look at that. Where we are weak, it is good. We rejoice in our weaknesses, because even more, we rejoice in his strengths. It's an opportunity for his power to be displayed. My lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. the, the, The word faithful love, it can also mean loving kindness. Do we believe that to be true about him? Do do I think that his loving kindness is better than life? Or do I want life and all that it has to offer? Instead of his loving kindness. David's like man. I'm in this dry desolate land. There's no water. I gaze at your sanctuary. To see your power and your strength and your glory. My lips will uh, glorify your name. Why? Because your loving kindness. Your faithful love is better than life. Can I encourage you. Draw close to him. He is better than anything that this life has to offer. His loving kindness. To be To have your soul just satisfied is better than anything that this world can have to offer. To know that you're at peace with him is better than anything else that this world has to offer. And this world has a lot of cool things, a lot of fun things to offer. None of them compare to his loving kindness. A phrase that we just keep going over is that he is better than you think. He is better than life itself. Can I just encourage you, if you're like, man, Jeff, you say that, I just don't see that. Can, Can I encourage you to just pray a prayer that says, Father, let me just see your loving kindness in my life. And you'll be surprised at how often you see it. It's kind of like when you say, man, I haven't seen a red car in a long time. And then you say that, and it's like, red car, red car, red car, red car. It's like it's been there all along. All the red cars have been there all along, but you just didn't see it. But you tuned your mind to see it, and then you saw all the red cars. It's the same thing with his loving kindness. If you want to see it in your life, all you have to do is say, Father, let me see that. I don't know why I'm doubting you right now. I don't know why I struggle with this. Can I see your loving kindness? And he will show you time time. And time again. I mean, just, for me, it's just, you just see all these opportunities. Uh, Like I said, driving on the road a lot, you see a lot of things. People, sometimes like me, are on their phones, and it's like, can't tell you how many close calls there are, where it's just like people coming into your lane, people turning out in front of you, and you're like, what are y'all doing? Please stop. But those are just moments where you go, man, Lord, you are good. Thank you for that. What good is it to gain the whole world yet forfeit your soul? Of all the things you can accumulate and all the places you can go, he's better. I had friends just get back from Spain and you're looking at the pictures and you're like, man, that, that's good. That's good. Right now it's 192 degrees, and you're like, you see people are in Colorado, and you're like, man, that's so good right now. He's better than all of that. Of all the places you can go, <laughs> there's no person in hell that's going, man. I would just wish I could have seen this one thing before I died. They're saying, man, it. I wish somebody would have just told me. I wish I would have just been with him. Oh, I, I, man, I wish I could have just had pizza in Italy before I died. No, no, they're not wishing that anymore. All the things you can man, if I just had, if I just had gotten that new truck, then this would not have been as painful. No. All the things you can accumulate, all the places you can go, he's better. This world has nothing to offer. The latest and greatest phone pales in comparison to him. But yet we spend all of our time, effort, and energy to accumulate these things so that we can go places and, ex- and have experiences when it's like, man, he's better than life itself. Our, the man's greatest desire is, is to is to be alive, right? Like, like we do everything we can to prolong life. And he's saying, man, he, he's better than life. The very thing that we fight for the most, like, I mean, don't you agree? Like we, we do everything we can today, or at least I will. Everything that I do today will be to try to stay alive to make it to tomorrow, and then I do the same thing tomorrow. But he's better than that. What if I change my thinking of like, man, I just want to stay alive to where I I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you. Psalm 84, 10 says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I love this right here coming into... uh, Verse 6, when I think of, oh no, verse 4, so I will bless you as long as I live. At your name, I will lift up my hands. Are you willing to say that? As long as I live, I will bless your name. Doesn't that kind of change the, the idea that, man, I want to live as long as I can to where it goes hey however many days that you have ordained for me I will bless you all of those days not one day will go by that I don't bless your name as long as I live at your name I will lift up my hands until I die no matter what I will praise you there's a guy uh, John Harper he uh, was on the, the Titanic with his daughter and his niece and they were traveling over uh, to go to Chicago, he was a pastor, and uh, he was traveling over to preach. Obviously, and I'm not going to spoil anything, or I hope I don't, you know, the Titanic sinks. If you didn't know that, I'm sorry to let you down on that. You don't watch the movie. <laughs> John Harper is gets his daughter and his niece in a boat. He has a life jacket, and he's floating in the water. And uh, there's somebody on a boat. He's holding onto the boat. And John Harper goes, Hey, are you saved? And the guy goes, No. He goes, Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? He's in freezing cold water with a life jacket on, not in the boat. And he goes, Yeah. He led the man to Jesus. An hour later, there's a man that isn't going to make it John Harper takes off his life jacket as he's handing it to him he says hey can I tell you about Jesus this man wrote a book and it's called The Last Convert of John Harper John Harper takes off his life jacket sinks to his death but not before he witnessed to the, to the man and the man gave his life to Jesus His daughter and his niece didn't even know about it until they got to where they were going. The man found them, told them the story of that. Are we willing to say, man, no matter what, I will bless you as long as I live, till I take my last breath. I'm going to speak your name. That's what David is saying. That's what I want for me. Like as I read this, uh, first it can feel like a gut punch because I'm, I'm like, I'm not there. I don't even praise his name when things are going great. And David's saying, when I'm breathing my last breath, as long as I live, he's in a dry, desolate land. He's on the run for his life when he's writing this song. He's saying, I'm going to bless you as long as I live because he doesn't know how much longer that's going to be. It's easy to bless him when we know how much longer we have. David has no clue how much longer he has. And he says, I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands as an act of worship, as an act of surrender. He says, you satisfy me. As with rich food, my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Our deepest longings can only be satisfied with an intimate relationship with Jesus. When I lie, when I think of you as I lie on my bed, I meditate on you during the night watches. Because you are my helper, I will rejoice in the shadow of your wings. I follow close to you. Your right hand holds on to me. I mean... He wakes up early. He eagerly seeks him. He gazes on him in the, at the sanctuary in the, in the tough times. And then as he lays down at night, he thinks about the Lord. Think about your night routine. How many people have to have the TV on to go to sleep? Come on, y'all can raise your hand. All right, we got one guy. Come on, I know there's more. Right, and we're like, man, I just need, I got to have the TV on. And man, you know, to just be able to turn the TV off. And I've just begun to, now I'll watch it right up to I'm about to go to sleep. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm not judging anybody. But then what I've tried to do is like that last five, ten minutes before I go to sleep is I just meditate on him. I just lay in bed. I go to bed before all the kids go to bed. So there's normally feet kicking me and laying all over me. And I'm still able to go to sleep but I just lay and I close my eyes and I just begin to thank him for the day I meditate on his goodness I pray for guidance for the sermons and what I'm about to say You know, I'm like Lord what, whatever you have for me and as I go to sleep he's the last thing that I think about I'm not saying turn off the TV before you go to bed so don't be mad at me All I'm saying is, right before you go to sleep, turn it off and then just meditate on him. Allow those thoughts to begin to just fill your head as you go to sleep. It will change the way that you sleep. You change the way that you sleep. It will change the way that you get up in the morning and you'll eagerly seek him in the morning. We're gonna end with this right here. It says, I follow close to you. Your right hand holds on to me. I just, there's really not much to it, but I just love the the visual that it gives. I follow close to you. It gives a picture of being glued together, firmly attached. David says, I follow close to you. Your right hand holds on to me. That's the relationship that he's calling us to. So many times we have this view of God as this angry, gray-haired white man just waiting to smite us and hit us. And then we agree because we're like, we deserve it. Yes, I know I did that. But the picture that David tries to paint is that I want to be glued to you. I want to be firmly attached to you. I want to follow closely to you and your right hand holds on to me. That is the kind of relationship that we have with the Father. Here, here, here's how, I, when, I, when I think about it, here's how I apply it to my life. Can I say, God, Elohim, you are my El. God, you are my God. So for me, this week, I've been spending, Father, is there anything that I've been placing above you? Is there anything or anyone that I have determined that I bow down to before I bow down to him? Surprise, he's revealed some things to me. <laughs> you know, shocker, you ask that question and it's like, okay, yeah, here you go. You, you get, get the pad and pen, pen and paper out because we're about to write them all down. Can I encourage you to say, Father, is there something or someone that I'm placing above you? Can you say, Father, I, I want to thirst after you as if my life depends on it? I want my body to faint for you. Can I encourage you to look at your early morning and your late night routine? I know, that's very personal. But it's very beneficial. Are you up early with him? Do you meditate with him at the night? I'm not saying you have to stay up all night in prayer. Just saying, hey, just meditate on him as you go to bed. And do you want to be satisfied in him? To forsake all others and be satisfied in him? Those are the questions that I had to ask myself this week. And maybe the Lord taught you something else differently, and I hope he did. But those are the questions that I asked myself this week. I go, do I thirst after you? Do I want to be satisfied in you? Do I truly think that you are better than life? And so I'm just going to pray. We're going to end with that. Father, we just thank you for your word. It is pure. It is perfect. It is holy. It is right. It is according to, to itself to the word. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Some of the words today could be sharp. but Father, I pray that they were your words and that they would convict us that spur us on, that draw us into a deeper relationship with you. Father, may we be passionate for you every day, all the days of our life. In your name we pray, amen. We have next Sunday our baby dedications, and we have baptisms. If you want to dedicate your baby, child, come find us, talk to us. Uh, so that we can be prepared for that. So far, I think we have three of those, and we have one baptism. And uh, after that, then two Sundays, we have a family lunch, August the 6th. Stick around. It's bring your favorite finger food. So that kind of leaves it wide open. And then we actually have uh, someone is providing dessert for that, so that's great. And then also, uh, there is a youth pool party. So if you have kids, teens that are fit that age range, August the 12th at Kelly Kill's house. So if you're interested in that, she'll have something for you next week. And uh just want to put that on the calendar, August the 12th, for that. As always, love you guys. If you need anything, come see me. Amen. Go get your kids.